We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The hottest next tape you'll find online. Next all day. We bleed blue and orange. This is Knicks Fan TV, your one-stop shop for the ultimate New York Knicks fan experience. News, rumors, debates, post-game live streams featuring live callers. Let's go Knicks, baby! And now, your host, CP, the NY Fanatic. What's good, Knicks Nation? Al Chateras here, a.k.a. the Tratocaster, back again with another Game of the Week preview. And this time, we are previewing... The New York Knicks facing the Los Angeles Lakers. They'll be at Madison Square Garden playing on TNT at 7.30 p.m. Tuesday night. And with me to break this game down is none other than Alex Hollingsworth, founder of Lakers Central. You can go follow him on Twitter at Lakers Central 365. But before we get into this preview, you all know what to do. Make sure to hit that thumbs up button for your boys and make sure to check out KnicksFanTV.com, which is sponsoring this show. All right, so it is Sunday, January 29th at 3.30 p.m. Alex, how are you doing, man? How are you feeling today? I feel all right. I mean, you know, that, that, that Boston loss uh, doesn't feel too good for myself or the rest of Lakers Nation, but aside from that, I, I can't complain. <laughs> I feel you, man. It's a, you know, like, I thought I was going to have that same feeling as you when I, I was at that game on Thursday night where the Knicks played the, the Celtics, TNT. Oh, thankfully, we came out on the, on the winning side, you know, where Jalen Brown decided to choke. But I feel that you get a missed call, you know, refs, <laughs> well, another one. We get it, man. I get it. As Knicks fans, we always complain about the refs. We get about, we understand that feeling. But, yo, we don't have to worry about that. We're moving on. We all know how Anthony Davis feels. Pat Bev taking the camera, showing the rep, like, yo, man, Crazy. you mister. That is by far top five moment in NBA history for trolling a ref for a missed call. I, that, that is like, I, I thought I was watching <laughs> WWE stuff right there, man. Thought I was watching WWE stuff right there. But we're not going to talk about that game. We're not going to live in the past. Let's talk about this game. What are your thoughts about the Lakers uh, this season overall? I mean, it, look, um, the Lakers could have started off much better. They started off two and ten. The way I kind of look at it, um, Rob Palinka, the vice president of the Lakers basketball operations, he built an imbalanced team. The team basically had no forwards outside of LeBron and Anthony Davis. And look, if you've got LeBron and Anthony Davis, I mean that's that's a hell of a starting point, right? But 
he built an imbalanced team. And so mm-hmm. the Lakers already started off kind of behind the eight ball. And so it feels like they just keep trying to claw themselves um, out of this, out of, out of non-playoff contention. And, you know, they're like three games back of the fifth or sixth seed in the West, which is nuts considering where they started and just all the nonsense going on with the Lakers this season. But they're a trade away, man. We need one more trade. God, we need one more trade. Talk about trades, man, and being a trade away. You know, we just saw the, the Lakers trade for Rui Hachimura and Kendrick Nunn up, up, out of here. How do you feel about that trade for Rui? No, Rui's great, man. I mean, look, 6'9", 230. He's 24 years old. He's a young guy. He still has, a, a, you know, at least 10 years in the league, if not longer. A lot of room to grow. I like it for the Lakers. They were short um, at powerful and, and small forwards. We had like seven guards. We still have too many guards, even with Kendrick Nunn being traded. We've got way too many guards. Not just guards, man, but like undersized guards. Guards that's like under 6'4", 6'3". So it, I think that's a, that's a heck of a trade for the Lakers. It came out of nowhere. Us as fans, even those of us that, you know, talked to some people around the team, we didn't know that Roy was even on the Lakers' radar. There was all this talk around Lakers trying to get Kuzma back to L.A. But, you know, I, I like it with Rui. Um, now let's see where they go. You know, at, shout out to CP because I've definitely talked to him and I've said, hey, man, Cam Reddish for a second. Let's see if the <laughs> Lakers could, 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 could get him. I mean, let's take a flyer on him, man. You guys don't want him. Tibbs don't play him. We'll, we'll take a flyer on him. <laughs> Look, man, I know so. There's a, there's a good contingent of the Cam Hive that wants to see him play. I'd like to see him play, too. And just get some shine on the Knicks, show what he could, what he could, how he can help this team. I mean, he offers something that this team lacks, which is defensive versatility, his ability to attack out and transition and stuff like that. But as you noted, Tom Thibodeau doesn't want to play him, wasn't a fan of the trade. So, and you know, there's rumors of him on the trading block, either going to Milwaukee, Dallas. You know, the Knicks are trying to get Grayson Allen. But as of right now, the the mm-hmm. thought process that we'll probably get Serge, George Hill second round pick and some salary filler for what is like, yeah, okay, okay, great. Guys that are really, aren't really going to help this team whatsoever, <laughs> whatever, just, just trading for second round picks, which seems what Leon Rose likes to do or bring back Reggie block, which is another, like, eh, not really a fan of, mm-hmm. but it is what it is. So what are you looking for? You know, you talk about, you want cam on the team. Totally understand that. Well, who are, who are you looking for the Lakers to go out there and get to add to the team to help you guys? become like that playoff caliber team. Yeah, I, I think there's a number of trades the Lakers could look at. Um, I mean, look, there's always the names that have been linked to the Lakers since the summertime, like Buddy Heald, for example. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think Buddy Heald used to be represented by Rob Palenka. You know, Rob was his former agent, so there's a connection there. Mm-hmm. Buddy Heald leads the NBA in three-pointers made. As everyone knows, the Lakers are not very good at three-pointers. So mm-hmm. to me, that Buddy is 30 years old. He probably age-wise doesn't really match the the timeline for the Pacers, so why not? If you're the Lakers, see if you can make something happen. Um, so I think he would help. Um, Boyan Bogdanovich, the Lakers were linked to him when he was still in Utah. He ended up getting traded to the Pistons. Now there's word the Pistons might want a first-round draft pick and whatever. You know, Lakers need shooters, man. So I, just somebody that can knock down a shot. I don't care if they can defend or not. <laughs> give me a knockdown shooter. Just just give me a knockdown shooter on the Lakers. I think that would be helpful. And then again, like guys like Cam Reddish, man, like give me a young guy that's 
has some potential that's six eight, six nine, even six seven, that that can that can kind of grow with the Lakers. Look, any I think any 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 of those guys that I named, a young guy that that maybe can grow, I think would help the Lakers make a playoff push. How would you feel about one Evan Fournier from the New York Knicks? You know, I'm 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 contrary to a lot of Lakers fans. I'm not I'm not really against it. I mean, he hasn't mm. really played either, so I don't I don't know what he's got left in the tank, but he's not a bad shooter. I know his contract isn't great. And so Lakers fans have this thing where, you know, we had we got Russell Westbrook, his contract isn't so great. They they're afraid to trade for anyone else that might not have a satisfactory contract. So, um you know, I, I don't know. Evan just hasn't played in a while, but he's a he's a shooter. I mean, I'm curious, man. What's what's going on in New York? Why hasn't he played? I mean, why hasn't he played? I mean, you say you you don't care about defense. You might as well just take this man because he <laughs> won't play defense. I mean, he tries some days, but it is what it is. He's not playing because, and, and I and I said this before the beginning of the season because we saw a glimpse of it last year. Quentin Grimes is our best perimeter defender. When you as soon as they got Jalen Brunson. You know, a, a small point guard. You know, Brunts has been phenomenal for us offensively, being a facilitator and so forth. But defensively, he's limited, okay, because he's he's such a small point guard. So you need someone who's going to be able to to mask his deficiencies, and that's Quentin Grimes, Evan Fournier, mm-hmm. shooter. Yeah, he could be he can he he could be a solid shooter when he gets going. The thing is that we don't need another score. We're not going to be this dominant offensive team. You know, we're a good scoring team right now, NBA-wise, how many points we put up, but we're not going to be, uh, you know, any prolific scoring team over here, right? Like, you, we, we, yeah. we just lost to the Nets last night. They don't have a Kevin Durant, but we're not, we're not close to that, that type of style where we're just knocking down threes constantly. We're attacking from all over the place, from all of our guys. It's a different style of uh, basketball that the Knicks play. So for him, because he can't play defense and just being a liability, not being able to get back in transition, you know, he 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 sags too much into the paint and not really defending the three-point line, even though that's also a Tom Thibodeau scheme. Doesn't really fit what this team needs right now, so that's why he's been put to the wayside. The contract, not not terrible. I mean, he signed. It's a four-year agreement with the last year being a team team option. He's in the second year of it, so he's got one more for seventeen around seventeen million. So I think that's a I think that's doable for any team that's looking to add some shooting. I think he would be a good six-man coming off the bench. You know, his time in Orlando, he was a playmaker, score. They allowed mm-hmm. him to rock in the starting rotation, but I think he could be a solid six-man for the right team. And especially if a team like the Lakers that needs scoring and some shooting, a guy that you have to honor from three-point range, I, I could see Fournier fitting uh, on that team right now. But, you know, outside of needing guys like that for the Lakers, you know, let's talk about your current roster because it's been interesting. You talked about you, – you said at the beginning, actually, that it is – I think a lot of us as NBA fans looked at that roster and be like, what? What is going yeah. on here? Like, where's the shooting? You know, you got Lonnie Walker and all these other guys. Um, but let's talk about your big three that you got. Let's start off with Russell Westbrook because I think it's been fascinating based off the rumors of this offseason, whether him and LeBron are on the same page, him adapting to the six-man role, six role. Give me your thoughts on Russell Westbrook this season. I mean, look, man, credit Russ. He's accepted the six-man six role. Darvin's got him to come off the bench. Um, I think Russ is playing as well as he can, given the situation. Um, his contract aside for a second, I think one of the biggest issues with Russ in L.A. is that 
everything that Russ does, LeBron does better, right? So there's these redundancies mm-hmm. in having both of them on your team. And I think at one point the thought was, well, it's always been this since LeBron's been in L.A. LeBron needs another playmaker. Hell, mm-hmm. it was that way in Cleveland and in Miami when you had Dwayne Wade and Kyrie, right? Mm-hmm. Give LeBron a secondary playmaker. The issue with that when it comes to Russ is, one, Kyrie can just knock down shots all over the floor, right? So even if mm-hmm. Kyrie's not playing defense, you've got to guard him all over the floor offensively. And Dwayne Wade, obviously prime Dwayne Wade, was one of the best defenders in the league. He could play off the ball. I mean, he could do everything, right? Mm-hmm. Russ, on the other hand, one, he's not his prime anymore. Um, he's never been a great shooter. Mm-hmm. He used to be pretty good from the mid-range, uh, but that's pretty much gone to the wayside, so he can't even hit like a mid-range jumper anymore. He actually was not bad from the corner three last year, but then this year I think he's shooting like 28% from the corner three. So like every, you know, look, he's doing as well as he can coming off the bench. Um, the biggest issue is now you enter, you know, I'm, I'm going to go to his contract. He's making $47.1 million and mm. your six-man can't make $47.1 million. You can't have a guy that, you know, doesn't play defense, can't hit shots, can't close out games for you. You can't have him taking up that much of the salary cap. That's an issue, especially when your two best players are LeBron and AD, one in his 20th season, and one that, you know, has a lot of injury concerns, right? Your third guy can't be Russell Westbrook in this current iteration of the Lakers. Yeah, and, uh, you know, every time Knicks fans try to think about, especially before before the beginning of the season, uh, even myself included, I, I'll, I'll put myself out there, you know, you were thinking about how do you open up, like how do you peel back this team? My thoughts about peeling back this team has changed quite a bit, but when you hear about like peeling back this team, like especially this offseason, like, oh, why don't we trade Randall for, for Westbrook and cut him? And it's like, it still ruins your cap, man. <laughs> even when you cut him, we just had Keith Smart on last week and, and that contract is just, it's detrimental. It's detrimental. So I, I totally hear you on that. But what do you think? So with him adopting the six-man role, obviously he's inflated. What's the what's the ideal situation for him then? This is the last year of his contract, right? So do you see him just being gone from LA next year, or do you see him coming back and still being a six-man? What are the thoughts about that? In my opinion, he needs to go. Mm. And that look, that's no fault of his own. Um, Russ is a future Hall of Famer. And that contract that he has now, he got for his past performances. So I'm all for players getting paid. Like, get your money. I have no issue with that. For sure. Um, but as it relates to, to the Lakers, I don't think that he can come back next year, even at a reduced salary. I just, I don't think that it works. Um, his personality hasn't fit well with fans. Mm. Um, and so there's, there's this clash. There's rumors that ownership may want to bring him back at a reduced number. What reduced is, I have no clue, right? I don't know what <laughs> Russell, West, Russell Westbrook is worth next year as a player. Is it six million? Is it 10 million? I mean, to go from 47 to six or seven million is a, that's a hell of a drop off, right? So I'm sure he's going to be seeking more than that. So I, I don't know. Um, but moving forward, I think that his fit on the Lakers is just, it's bad. And I, I just don't think that he's a, he needs to stick around any longer. Okay. Well, let's talk about another guy that's on the team that, you know, who's very critical to the team, but seems to miss a lot of playing time, which is one Anthony Davis. How, is, how have your thoughts been on AD? I mean, he was back last night. We talked about the, him playing against uh, the Celtics, mm-hmm. but what has your thoughts been about Anthony Davis as his entire career as a Laker so far? I mean, he got there. We won a championship. So, from, you know, he did his job. 
up, right? Mm-hmm. Like the Lakers hadn't won a championship in a decade. AD and LeBron show up. And, you know, I know people like to discredit the bubble, but that was one of the, from my viewpoint, one of the most toughest seasons ever, whether it was because of COVID and the season shutting down and not knowing if it was going to restart to these guys having to leave their families and go isolate in, in Disneyland, Disney World, wherever the hell it was in Florida, mm-hmm. or if it was obviously the death of Kobe, which happened also, you know, it, it impacted all fans, but for Lakers fans, it hit different, it hit the team different, right? Mm-hmm. So he came in, the Lakers won immediately. And then the following season, the Lakers started off 21-6. and six. They were up two games to one on Phoenix. In the playoffs, I mean, we were waltzing right back to the finals all over again. And then, you know, AD got hurt. And I think from that point on, um, AD's injuries are ticky-tacky, man. You know, they're not, you know, they're not those things where he misses an entire season or anything like that, but he misses sometimes 10, 15, 20 games, which can throw off continuity. Um, and you saw this year when he came in this year and he was healthy, and he looked like the MVP of the league. I mean, mm-hmm. he was playing center. Fans want him to play center. He was dominating. Um, I love Anthony Davis, man. I, you know, I, I know that he gets hurt more often than, than fans would like, um, but I love Anthony Davis, and I think that the Lakers need to surround Anthony Davis and LeBron with, with more complimentary players. When they have complimentary players, the Lakers are going to get into the playoffs. When they do not have complimentary players, you put more pressure on AD and LeBron to basically close the gap, and that's not fair to them. No, nah, and I totally understand that, right? So with, and that makes sense. Look, when we when Anthony Davis is on the court, he's definitely top five player in the league. The way he's able to, you know, just put the ball in the hoop, the way he can defend, it's it's another level that not many bigs are capable of doing. So, I guess my next thing for Anthony Davis then is that because he's so important to this team and its construction. Because you see, when he misses time. And it's just LeBron James, yep. and especially for this season, the Lakers are. We're, 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 let me see where they're on the stand. They're not even in the playoffs right now. You know, 13th. they're 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 13th as you mentioned in the Western Conference. It's it's a it's a slugfest right now in the Western Conference just to make try to make the playoffs, let alone the play-in. So, do you see, like, how is it? How are you moving forward with Anthony Davis, like? Because there's some, I've heard some say, you know, maybe you move Anthony Davis, try to get even maximize on what his value is and start getting ready for life after LeBron. Are you thinking that way? Or are you still saying, no, we got to keep Anthony Davis and figure out how to add more draft capital to build around him for the future? Yeah, no, look, you keep Anthony Davis. Like, I mean, 60 games of Anthony Davis is still better than 82 games of you name the next big man outside of Jokic and Embiid. Mm Mm-hmm. It's Anthony Davis, right? So you keep Anthony Davis. Um, This is one of the reasons I'm against a three-star build because the three-star build puts the Lakers in a position where one guy goes down, the rest of the roster is all minimum salaries. And so the Lakers need to build out more of a well-rounded roster around LeBron and Anthony Davis so that when one of them do miss time, you've actually got guys who make, you know, maybe you've got two or three guys that make 20 to 15 million a couple guys making $7 million or so, mid-level, whatever. You just have a more well-balanced roster, right? You know, that's what they need to do. In terms of draft capital, you know, the Lakers, you know, at, at least in terms of what we can trade, it's only the 27th and, uh, 2027 and 2029 draft picks. That's what we have tradable, although we have other draft picks that just tied up with the trade with uh, the Pelicans. 
the Lakers are in a win now mode. At least they should be. When LeBron mm-hmm. James is on your team, you're winning. You're trying to win now, not a decade from now. Because even if you keep those draft picks from 2027 and 2029, even if you look, man, even if some by some chance you get the number one pick and you draft LeBron, another LeBron in 2027 to 2029, that guy won't be ready until like 2030 or 2032. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So you have to build around AD and LeBron now, but also. To me, the elephant in the room is you don't want to piss off Clutch. You don't want to piss off any high-end agency, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you need relationships, and agents steer their players to various teams. I know you guys have Leon Rose, who used to be with CAA. Like, you don't want to piss off these agents and these these agencies. AD is a top-five guy when he's right. You build If you build the right team, they can sustain guys missing time. They should have anticipated guys missing time, given that LeBron is in this 20th season. AD has had some injury concerns. I'm glad that you brought up Clutch because I got to ask you this question. Um, and there is, you know, and then we're going to get to LeBron James. But we all know Rich Paul, LeBron James. They've been friends, best friends for a very long time. But the criticism when it comes to bringing in LeBron James is that it's his guys, right? He he. It's an overhaul of the team, and right now it's the Lakers with you can just call them Team Clutch. How's your? What are your thoughts about being Team Clutch right now? Because you know you had guys like KCP, Kyle Kuzma, you know Quinn Cook, a lot of guys that were on that roster that that helped you win that chip, and you let those guys go. You know, even Alex Caruso, another guy who who is very key to that Lakers success. You let these guys go. You're bringing a lot of guys through Clutch, but it's, you know, I, I understand being like having that relationship with an agency, making sure that you're able to attract players that to come to that team. But at what point do you say this is a little too much? Because now you have a team that's not even built for LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and it's tough. So, what are your thoughts about having Clutch as being the, uh, you know, being, I guess, you know, to the, to the Knicks and CAA, Clutch is to the Los Angeles Lakers? So, how do you feel about that? Look, I I think Clutch delivered LeBron and Anthony Davis. And, you know, Rich Paul's built an agency from the ground up, right? He's not one of these guys who Mm -hmm. – everyone knows Rich's background, his profile, right? Mm -hmm. Rich really did kind of build this thing up, even though LeBron is his friend. Rich built this thing up. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the Lakers, you know, when you look at Rob Palenka and some of the other guys in the front office that, that the Lakers have, they don't have relationships around the NBA. That's one of the biggest issues fans have with with Rob and and Kurt Rambis, who used to be out there in New York and coach the Knicks <laughs> with Joe Jackson. Was there, right? Like you've got these guys in the front office that don't have relationships around the league, or if they do have relationships, they're not great. And so mm-hmm. I think the Lakers have to rely on their relationship with Clutch to bring guys in. KCP was Clutch, and they traded him out. Right now, Alex Caruso. There's an argument to be made that the Lakers chose THT over Alex Caruso because THT was clutch. Mm-hmm. The truth is the Lakers could have brought both of them back. They could have give, given THT his extension and re-signed Alex Caruso, but they didn't want to pay the luxury tax. Mm-hmm. So to me, that's just, look, I don't want to call owners cheap, but mm-hmm. I think sometimes owners pocket watch themselves a little bit. And I'm a big believer in if you drive a sports car, right? You, Whatever, whatever kind of nice car you know you want to drive. If you drive a high end car, if you can't afford the maintenance, you shouldn't be driving a high end car. 
And I believe the same is said about the Lakers, certainly the Knicks. If you own a team like that and you can't afford the luxury tax, well, then maybe you need to step aside mm. because these, these teams, these brands demand that you spend money because fans are spending all of this money. You and I were chatting briefly offline and I talked about the ticket prices to see the Lakers play. I mean, it's not cheap to see them play. And so when, when fans are pumping this money into the team, ownership needs to be willing to spend to bring in whoever they need to bring in. But as it goes back to Clutch, I wonder if the Lakers could even get some of the players they've gotten if it wasn't for Clutch's help. Interesting. I mean, that, that, it's a balance, right? You don't want an agency running your franchise, so you have to balance that accordingly. Right. Um, but I think delivering LeBron and AD, and I, I, just, I think Clutch has done a lot of positive things to help the Lakers ultimately win the championship that they did. All right. So let's move on to LeBron James now because that is the that is the catch, right? That was the whole, you know, the last year in Cleveland, it was always speculated that he was going to go to LA. They go to LA, you know. Um so how's you how's your feelings been? I know like I guess I, I guess it would be the same that, you know, he brought the chip so you love LeBron James right now and I would expect I would expect that. How do you feel about him watching what he's been doing for the Lakers in at his age, man? Because this is just insane. Yeah, it. I mean, look, LeBron. Um, he's a play. He's he's a player of excellence, man. And the way he treats his body, the way he goes about his craft, and honestly, man, it reminds me of Kobe. Like Kobe was the same way. And you know, one of my biggest fears is LeBron trying to drag this team into the playoffs, and we saw it with Kobe six years ago, five, six years ago, same thing, dragging a team into playoffs and then you get injured. And I don't want to see that for LeBron. So I, I look, I love what LeBron is doing. What he's doing this 20th season is unprecedented. It's insane. Um, the Lakers need to be careful not to ride him too, too hard. Mm-hmm. Like when you get in the playoffs and things like that, sure, LeBron's going to do what LeBron does. But LeBron shouldn't have to throw up 30 and 40 point games every night just for the Lakers to maybe win a game right now. Mm-hmm. That's that's ridiculous. And I think that the Lakers are taking him for granted. Um, and, you know, hopefully this season turns out better than last season. But I think they're, they're asking too much of him. Even though he's delivering, they're asking too much of him in this 20th season. Hey, man, it, it helps me for prize picks. You know, I just say I might see when I see that the, <laughs> it's either more than like 28 and a half points or 30 and a half points. I'm like, I am taking the over immediately because I know, as it, with, especially without Anthony Davis, he had to put up the points. But yep. the, the thing about LeBron is that there's been this whole talk about maybe him being traded, him not staying with the Lakers and all this type of stuff. So what, when you hear all of that, what are your thoughts? LeBron has made it clear he wants to finish his, his career in L.A. Hmm. I truly think that he wants to. Um, if LeBron does not, that is an indictment of Los Angeles' ownership, Oof. not anything else. That the Lakers have had the luxury of having guys like, you know, Wilt Chamberlain, Elgin Baylor, uh, Jerry West, right? Mm-hmm. Magic, Kareem, Shaq, Kobe. You want LeBron to retire a Laker. Like, that's what you want. You don't want LeBron to go, go back to Cleveland and retire there or go to some other team and retire. You want LeBron's final years to be associated with the Lakers. And so, like I said, if he does not he finished his career as a Laker. That's an indictment of ownership. They did not do what they needed to do to surround him 
at the championship level roster. Okay. You know, not, and obviously the roster is only as good as the coach. So let's talk about Darvin Ham, man. What are your thoughts have been about him as the head coach this season? You know, you had Frank Vogel who won your chip. He's out. Ham's in. Give us the four one one. I like Darvin, man. I mean, look, he's a rookie head coach. So there were going to be growing pains with him. There were going to be growing pains. And he has his issues, right? Uh, he loves these three-guard lineups where he, he plays like Dennis and Pat Bev and then like a third guard. Sometimes it was Kendrick Nunn. It's, you know, it's Westbrook, and it's just like, oh, my God, man. These three-guard lineups are killing us. Um, so he's got his issues, right? Um, but at the same time, he's able to get Russ to come off the bench, and he's a player's coach, right? So I, I'm a big believer in when you, when you bring someone in that is a player's coach, um, you know, he can do the motivational thing and get guys to kind of buy in. Then it was on the Lakers. Again, I'm going to go back to front office and ownership. It was on them to, make, to ensure that he had people on his roster that might have been, you know, maybe they were more X's and O's guys. So while Darwin does more of the, you know, the leadership stuff, he's got X's and O's guys. Phil Jackson, I think, is the greatest coach of all time in any sport. Phil Jackson ran the triangle, right? Mm-hmm. But Phil Jackson. Oh, we know that. <laughs> we, we know that over here. We right? know about the triangle. <laughs> right. You know, the triangle, right? Uh, you know, he, obviously he won championships in L.A. And, and, and Chicago with the triangle. But, like, Tex Winters, Tex Winters was the architect of the triangle. He was the guy behind Phil. That We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts.
like, you know, he could, he could motivate you when he was in LA and Chicago. You got to have another guy on your bench that can kind of do the stuff that your head coach can't do. Um, and that's, again, that's where I think the Lakers may have dropped the ball. But he's a first-year mm. first head coach, man. This, it's going to be rocky. Okay. You know, and so, and, and look, man, we get that. We have a seasoned head coach and Tom Thibodeau over here where, you know, we have our gripes with Tiz, whether it comes to adjustments, using uh, just what seems like to be mm-hmm. one disadvantage scheme, the drop coverage, and just allowing so many three-pointers to be shot. Not very creative when it comes uh, to the offensive side of the ball. And you mentioned that the three-guard rotation is like one of the issues that you have with him. Give us a few more things, man, because I think as fan bases, you know, we can, we can shy past like some of the good stuff the coach can do, and we really harp in on, on, on the bad stuff. But I feel like as a fan, we always like harp in on the bad stuff. It's like, why is it only us? Why is it only us that has like a coach that only does these bad things? So give me some of the, give me some of the top things that, you know, outside of the three-guard rotation that irritates you with uh, Ham's coaching right now? Yeah, I mean, a three-guard rotation, man. Um, Russell, Russell Westbrook is notoriously bad in crunch time for the Lakers. Yeah, I think, you know, besides the three-guard lineup, man, it's, you know, his, he loves Russell Westbrook and he really believes in him. And that ends up leading to Russ playing in crunch time, which isn't very helpful to the Lakers. Well, mm. Austin, he didn't play the entire fourth quarter. But then Russ played in overtime and it didn't go so well. So Ham has a tendency to overbelieve in some of these guys. Um, that I think gets gets him in trouble a little bit. Hmm. And you know, I, I think he's not great making adjustments on the fly. I also think that that's just part of that is just you know you're a new head coach, right? And mm-hmm. you have to learn these things. The difference is is that. He's coaching for the Los Angeles Lakers with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and the spotlight is on. And so when you make a mistake, it's magnified in a way that, you know, would be very different if you were coaching, say, the Charlotte Hornets. No one would pay attention, but it's the Lakers. So, you know, lineups, not being able to, to make, make changes on the fly, and playing Russ in crunch time, man, those are things that really have hurt us this season. Okay, okay, and there you have it. There you have it. Now, I just got to ask you one quick thing before we really get into this preview and really start breaking down this game. Your whole thoughts on the Shannon Sharp incident, man. I mean, it just made the rounds. We had to talk about it on Knicks Fan TV uh, after we lost to the Hawks. CP and I were just joking about it. Just give, you, just give us, like, your quick takes on, on the whole Shannon Sharp incident. I mean, it, look, man, it's, it's, it's stupid, right? I mean, it, Shannon Sharp. Obviously, he's an ex-NFL player, so he's a celebrity, you know, and he's going back and forth with Dylan Brooks. And all of it is just stupid. I mean, it was never going to really escalate the violence. It, mm-hmm. Those of us that were watching it, you know you know that, right? Yep. But it was just stupid. Um, you know, Chan is a little old to be engaging in some of that nonsense. But, <laughs> hey, look, Dylan Brooks is notorious for talking trash to LeBron James. And so... Lakers fans, including the celebrity fans, are going to let him know about it when, when, when they come to L.A., and that's what happened. So, you know, it, it, it gave uh, all the sports talk shows something to talk about. Of course, of course, and that's all we look for, man. That's all, that's all when we go to, like, ESPN and all these things, we're just looking for something entertaining, <laughs> something for them to talk about. When you want to hear actual coverage about the game and the details, that's why you come to us. And now let's go into the details and the coverage of the game, right? So we got this matchup. We got the Lakers coming into, into town, taking on the New York Knicks. Historic rivalry right there, you know, especially when you go back to the 70s, talk about the championship times. 
But now, man, it's two teams on two totally different directions. Uh, Lakers, obviously, win now team trying to make it back into playoff contention. New York Knicks are currently in the plan, looking to get out of the plan, going into playoff, like gain like one of the top six areas so that way they don't have to go through it. And this team is competing, man. And the two guys I got to watch out for this game is none other than Julius Randle and LeBron James. Now, I'm not saying these guys are going to be defending each other, although I would not be surprised. But Randle, you know, he left the, he left the Lakers. And I actually want a little bit of your thoughts about Randle, too, because he, was, he used to be a Laker. That's who drafted him. You know, he left the Lakers because he knew LeBron James was coming in, went on his own venture, now goes to the next big major media market in New York. And has yep. had an up-and-down career. You know, first year, he was a Tasmanian devil. Loved to utilize that spin move. Became a most improved player. Second All-NBA, All-Star second season. Last year, lost the fan base. Wasn't as an efficient player. Now he's won it again. It's quite the story for Julius Randle, man. And he's been balling this year. Absolutely deserving of the All-Star. Has been tough as nails for us. Especially when he comes down to the mid-range. Attacking in the post. And honestly, might have to have... Not might... Needs to have the conversation how he's a stretch four right now. Because even though he's shooting slightly below league average, around 35%, he's doing a good job, man. He's shooting like 34.8% from three. Decent on high volume, too. About seven to eight attempts per game. So just phenomenal stuff from Randall. And then LeBron James, we know it's the king. We know who he is. We just talked about it. He's dominant, man. He's dominant. So these two guys are who I'm looking for to lead both teams. Uh, just with physicality uh, on both sides of the ball. What do you think about the matchup so far? And are there any other matchups that you're looking at in this game? Yeah, I mean, I, I think this is probably the matchup that, you know, everyone will be paying attention to. Julius is having a good season for you guys. And, you know, I, I you know, even though I don't, I don't watch a whole lot of Knicks, I, I do know that he fell out of favor with the fan base after having a really good season there. Um, the Lakers, man, you know, we um, Magic Johnson famously let Julius, you know, release his uh, his cap hold and let Julius kind of just walk and go wherever he wanted rather than trading him and getting maybe a draft pick or something in return. And Julius has had, you know, I think a fine career in New mm-hmm. York. Um, but I think this is a heck of a matchup. Both of those guys are, you know, big, strong guys. They like to get to the rim. Um, Julius's jumper has certainly improved over the years versus what it looked like when he was in L.A. Um, so I'm curious to see if they actually do defend each other. I think they will. I mean, you're not going to probably put Julius on AD. I mean, they might, you know, might, maybe some cross matchups. Maybe they match up a few times. But LeBron is probably the guy that ends up um, guarding him. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to see what it looks like. I'm wondering if, because Julius is kind of a big, strong guys guy, I'm wondering if LeBron continues to go to the rim and try to bully his way to get baskets inside or if he starts doing that, you know, pull up, step back, LeBron three that he does all the time. If he, you know, kind of relies on his three. I don't know, but I, I do think this is the matchup to watch. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely going to be an interesting matchup. And I feel like there's, uh, you know, every time with this matchup, and yeah, I don't, I, like, I don't see it being AD, although, you know, if he was playing the four, I could see it. But since AD's the center and Jericho Sims is out there, I don't see why you would want to put Jericho Sims on LeBron James. There's not many people who could guard LeBron James. You're not going to stop Le- LeBron James. So we're not looking for that. It's just, you got to try to slow him down as well as AD down. But I think matchup-wise, I think we'll see Sims on AD. And I think we will see uh, Randall on LeBron James. Just because you look at the other, you'll keep your starting lineup with Schroeder, Beverly, Lonnie Walker. I mean, that's just, you got 
RJ, Brunson, Grimes, they're all that's like perfectly all lined up for those guys to match up with. So I don't see why you'd want to switch any of those up. And I don't see like even though Grimes is our best defender, asking him to guard LeBron James is not a task I would ask him to do. Mm-hmm. So I think it will be LeBron James <laughs> and Julius Randle, which would be a good matchup. It'll be a good matchup, man. Um, but going throughout the other starters, you know, us like as a as a team, it's drop coverage. You know, we allow guys to 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 shoot three, try to close out on them as fast as possible. Usually that bites us in the butt when we're facing a good three-point shooting team. But you, as the uh, the Lakers, I should say, like like the Knicks are not good th- at three-point shooting. So this, yeah. you know, this this will be an interesting matchup. So how do the Lakers usually attack? Is it just attacking a lot inside the paint? What's their what's the, what's their offensive plan? Jeez, man, sometimes from night to night, I have no idea like what their plan <laughs> is. Right? I mean, that's the way it feels a lot of the time. Um, but I do think they're going to try and go inside. I mean, that's what I think. I think it'll be AD's third game back. Um, oh, hold on one second. I, I, I think they'll try. Hold on one second, Alex. Hold on one second. Apparently, both of our cameras okay. are frozen. This is quite the day. Yeah, yeah. Hold on real quick. Both the cameras froze up. I know the weather's not so great down here, so I'm probably screwing up my end. Oh, good. I'm going to stop recording. I'm going to. Close out of the software real quick and jump back in. All right. I'll pause on my end. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. So we already understand the whole Randall and and LeBron James matchup right now. But my question for you, Alex, is, you know, for the Knicks, we like to rely heavily on drop coverage, you know, We'll live and die by the opponent shooting threes because Tibbs likes his guys being able to close out, trying to stop them from, you know, he'll give up like the wide open three for the most part and have guys try to close out because he's trying to protect the paint, which bites us in the butt sometimes, depending on who we're facing, especially when you're playing a team like the Celtics, any other good three-point shooting team like we saw it against the Nets yesterday, they hit, who was it? They hit 22 threes yesterday against us. 22 threes. That tells you how... How much, even though it wasn't like, <laughs> it, it, it's not because only that he, he, it's closing out on threes, but the guys weren't making crisp rotations either. But thankfully, looking at the Los Angeles Lakers, they're not a good three-point shooting team, just like the Knicks. Mm-hmm. So what's the game plan for the Lakers? Because the Knicks, we like to attack the paint. That's what we do. We live inside 15 and closer. That's how we do. What's it for the Lakers? Hey, man, I, sometimes I, I have no idea night to night what the game plan is going to be. And I think, I, I do think that they're going to try and establish um, some paint dominance. I mean, you have Anthony Davis and LeBron James, it's AD's third game back. Um, you know, he, he had a, he did not have an AD-like game against Boston. He only had 16 and 10, no steals, no blocks. I think that they're going to probably try and establish him a little bit more. Um, and, you know, we didn't see a whole lot of it, lot of it against Boston, but in uh, Rui, Rui's first game, they, he operated on the block, out of the paint a bit more. I think mm-hmm. the Lakers are going to try and play in the paint. Um, frankly, that's what they need to do, man. I mean, if they come out there and they want to start shooting threes first, you guys are going to jump out to a 10 or 15-point lead, and then it's just going to be all uphill, you know, rest of the night. So establish the inside. That's, that's what I think they're going to try and do. But who the hell knows? this sounds just like a Knicks team man in all honesty because sometimes (laughs) you know as much as Randall has improved as his three-point shot and like 
Brunson, Grimes are a good three-point shooter. RJ has become a better three-point shooter. Like, we're not that type of three-point shooting team. Like, we're shooting at, like, where we can shoot a high clip and knock them down at a high clip. So, we're, we're, we're fine. We're not great. So, if the Knicks try that attempt, too, it can go sideways as well. So, I hope they come out <laughs> wanting to establish, like how you're saying for the Lakers, some paint presence and really go from there because that is their strength. You know, and, and looking at the remaining, the remainders, uh, the remainder of the the post starting lineups, you know, I'm going to expect Pat Bev to be on Jalen Brunson and try to to hold him in check from game for so that Brunson doesn't get going. And I think it's going to come down to you know for for our side, can Jericho Sims slow down Anthony Davis? Obviously, it's going to be Ken Randall and LeBron James. It's going to be both of them trying to slow down each other, and can they keep up with each other? But then I'm looking at RJ and Quentin Grimes as a remainder in the starting rotation. Like, are we going to get some solid contribution from them? I'd expect Lonnie Walker on RJ and Dennis Schroeder on Quentin Grimes. Would you, would you agree with that? I got to disagree, Alex, man. Um, only on this. If it, tomorrow when they play, man, you know, hit me up, and, or maybe I'll hit you up. Uh, but watch Pat Bev be on RJ. Really? Pat Bev is going to be on RJ. He shouldn't be. He should not be. But it would not surprise me if they put Pat Bev on RJ and they put Dennis on Brunson to pressure the ball. Hmm. That's what I think they're going to try and do. Interesting. And why? Why is? Why is that? I, I just want to know, like, what. Uh, you've watched more Laker games than I have. So what is the strategy behind that? Because I would figure that, you know, our, our most clutch player, our, our, our instrumental guy who's really helped change his team around, Jalen Brunson, that you'd put your best defender in Pat Bev on him. So what, what's the thought process behind that? It's so, um, Dennis is really one of our better point of attack defenders. Mm-hmm. And Darwin really likes that type of defensive approach. So he's going to, you know, kind of unleash Dennis and let Dennis just kind of, blitz Brunson that's what I think mm. I think as it relates to RJ for whatever reason man all season long Pat Bev has started out on the opposing team's best wing player mm. all season long whether that's whether that's Kevin Durant or anybody else man like think how insane that is that, that, you say that out like, loud is crazy Kevin Durant. <laughs> right and now and I'm not saying it works because trust me it doesn't <laughs> but but they the Lakers, the Lakers coaching staff, um, they view Pat Bev as their wing, wing stopper, okay. even though he's only like six one. They're gonna put him on RJ. I, I bet money that's what's gonna happen. Oh my and, goodness! This is gonna be know, interesting. Yeah, this is gonna be yep. interesting. All right, I'm re- I'm already looking forward to this just so that we can hit each other up tomorrow. And be like, yo, what? I'm gonna be like, I'll be, I'll be. Sh- I- I know you know your team better. I'll just I'm I'll be lost in that whole in that whole approach. But hey, you guys do what you guys do. You know what I mean? Um, but let's get to the battle of the benches, man. Because this is where this is the next thing that for the Knicks, our second unit for a while has been struggling uh to keep up with opposing teams on the season. The Knicks second unit has ranked 26 when it comes to points, points scored. And I'm pretty sure that's still, the, that's still the same today. Let me just do a quick check. Yep, there's still 26 when it comes to points scored. While the Lakers rank, where are you guys? Why, why, why are you guys hiding on me? Why are you guys hiding on me? Got to be on the bottom. No, you guys are six. You guys are six when it comes to bench scoring. 
You guys are six in the NBA when it comes to bench scoring. So that tells you, you know, how like that tells you a lot because typically what happens for the Knicks, except and I'm gonna exclude these past three games against the Cavs, the the Celtics, and, and somewhat the Nets, because even though they didn't come out there and break the lead, they didn't really lose us the game either. I'm gonna say that. Um, because in past we have seen our second unit lose the game for us. And that means the starters had to come back in with little rest and play these crazy amount of minutes. So give me a little insight onto the Lakers bench. You know, I know it's Westbrook. Who else you got going? I know Rui's now out there. Tell me, tell us a little bit about the bench. So the bench, it's going to be interesting, man, because um, AD, these first two games back, he's come off the bench. Although in the second half against Boston, he actually started. So I'm, I'm curious to see if they start AD against the Knicks or they bring him off the bench. So that's, that's going to determine a whole lot. Um, but obviously there's Russ. He's averaging 15 a game off the bench, and he, got, he leads the bench unit, if you will. Um, I think that, you know, I, Rui is still learning the playbook, quote-unquote. And so, um, you know, some Lakers fans don't think Darvin has a playbook, but I digress. So <laughs> Rui is still learning the playbook um and so i'd like to see him featured a little bit more it's weird with us man because there are good guys on our bench that like even against boston guy did not do not play he's like uh for example max christie he's a young guy as a rookie but he's energetic um he's got good size i'd like to see him play um it just depends on i think does ad start or not that's to me that's going to shake things up and then there's thomas bryant off the bench when AD was out, Thomas Bryant was starting and playing really, really, really good minutes. But off the bench, um, he hasn't been as strong these last mm. couple games. So I don't know. I, it's it's hard to say. I would. It wouldn't also surprise me if you know it's Madison Square Garden. You know, it's a Lakers Knicks. You know, maybe you know Westbrook tries to you know do a vintage Westbrook game because it's a you know MSG and all that kind of stuff that could derail the Lakers a little bit. Um, but from game to game, we don't always know what the rotation is going to look like. And that's why it's hard for me to even know, aside from Russ, um, and not knowing if AD is going to start or come off the bench. Darwin gives some of these guys do not plays, man. And it's just like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you talk, you're just, now you're giving, now you're making me worry because uh, when you talk about Russ having a vintage game, you know, as Madison Square Garden, we allow everybody to come through no matter who you are, whether you're Ricky Rubio, you know, we got, we get, we allow everybody to just show up and show out guys who shouldn't be three point specialists become three point specialists. You know, we had CD Oseman one, one uh, last year looking like Clay Thompson when he came, when he came rolling through. So when you, when, you, when I say, when I hear that, it, it makes me a little, it gives me some angst, man. It gives me some angst. All right. But look, over the last three over the last three games, like I said, the Knicks have been playing better. Their bench has been playing better, especially with Hartenstein. Um, quickly has really been instrumental for us off the bench. Mm-hmm. You know, his defense, his playmaking, you know, his shot creation has really taken another step forward within the th- for a third year guard. It comes down to Obi. Will Obi get some minutes? You know, he got 16 against the Celtics, went back to getting 10. Mm-hmm. I know he's working from an injury, but we need him to be hyper efficient in those minutes as well. Um, Hartenstein, he's played well this week. He hasn't really fit in, but now we're, we saw some passing, utilizing his passing chops. 
his scoring. That's really who he is, not this defensive uh, rim protector that we get from Mitchell Robinson, who's out, or Jericho Sims. And then it's Miles McBride, who defense, great. Offense, little, it's, there's not much to be desired, but I also understand he's a second-year guy, first time really gaining extensive NBA minutes, and a lot of young guys, just like how you talked about for him being a young rookie coach, right? They got to work through some of their issues and figure stuff out. So it's the same thing for him. So it'll be an interesting matchup because, like I said, you know, this, the Lakers are got a really good bench. Top six. Top six in the league. Knicks, 26. Lakers are six. Over the last three games, as I'm pulling it up right now, the Knicks are ranked 20. Where is it? Knicks are ranked 20. 21st, they're tied for 21st. So they they they've improved. They're improving. Hopefully they they're they're better <laughs> moving forward. So that way we can have a competitive game. But to close this game out, man, to close this uh, not this game, but to close out this preview. What are your what is your score prediction for this game? And I'll let you go first since you are our guest. Yeah, you know, it wouldn't surprise me, man, if it's if it's a a, a high scoring game. Uh, I mm. I would probably say. 125 to maybe 115. Wow. Something like that. And you're going Lakers, obviously. <laughs> yeah, I better. <laughs> I'm about to say, man, don't, you know, I had some, I had some, give me the whole rope of dope around here where they are like, you know, the Knicks are going to win this one. And then, then they say that. And then the Knicks come out and lose. And I'm like, all right, just say your team's going to win. Don't, <laughs> don't be that gracious to us. Okay. And of course, I'm going to go with the Knicks. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a lot of inside scoring. I know the league has high scoring affairs. I think it'll be a lot of inside scoring. So I think it will be, I'm going to go 115, 110 Knicks because that's just, it, that it's just like, I think there's going to be a good amount of defense, but I think it's just going to be a lot of scoring. I think a lot of teams are good. I think it's going to be uh, who yep. plays defense at the critical time, which will be the fourth quarter, hopefully in the first mm-hmm. quarter because the Knicks need to do that. Not, not play no defense like they get it uh, against the Brooklyn Nets. But let's hope for the Knicks fans, you know, hopefully uh, I can come out here being happy uh, on post game. All right. Hopefully. So with that, Alex, thank you for coming through and previewing this game. Please let our listeners know where they can find you. If you got any upcoming work and all of that. Yeah, man, I appreciate you guys having me on. Um, if you care to follow, follow me, follow the Lakers, you can follow me on Twitter and, and Instagram at central 365 that that's where you can find me at right now all right alex thank you so much for coming through and previewing this game and to Knicks nation out there thank you for tuning in for another game of the week preview make sure to hit that thumbs up button for your boys make sure to share all these videos make sure to clip them up share them with your family members your friends whoever your cats your dogs all right let them know about Knicks fan tv and what we're doing over here join the movement we're close we're closing in on 60k subscribers make sure to subscribe if you haven't already done so and we're available on all audio listening platforms whether it's apple spotify google play amazon alexa stitch you name it we are there also make sure to follow us on all of our social media accounts we're on facebook twitter instagram even tiktok so you can find us all over there follow all the content make sure you're up to date with all the Knicks news and rumors and also make sure to check out nicksfantv.com where you can find remy's recap the day after every single game all right, Remy does a great job of breaking down each and every player's performance, gives him, gives you his rating, 
And that way, you could, if you didn't catch the game, you're busy, you're on the road, and you got a quick pit stop, and you got some time to read, make sure to go check it over there. And Knicks Nation will catch you for post game after the Knicks face the LA Lakers at home at Madison Square Garden, 7.30 p.m. on TNT. All right, we out. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.